Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the KV Pod. This is episode 23. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Daniel. I'm the host of the KV Pod. And I'm a teacher and a husband just doing my best to try to make sense of the world we live in through open-minded discussions. In this episode, I get to have a really interesting discussion with my beautiful wife, Shalene, on some ideas from a book that we're reading together. We've been working our way through a book entitled 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos, authored by none other than Jordan B. Peterson, who I personally am a huge fan of. And we are just working our way through each chapter and discussing some of the ideas that apply to our lives as husband and wife, how it applies to me as a teacher or Shalene as a church administrator. And we just find these conversations to be really interesting and informative. In this particular episode, we dig into the universal dichotomy that is order versus chaos. Now, this is a really fascinating idea that Peterson elaborates on in chapter two of the book, which is what we just read for this episode. And I just find it so interesting because this theme of order versus chaos is universal. It transcends culture, it transcends religion, and it applies to every person's life, regardless of your career or whether you're male or female or whatever. Um, it's something that shows up in all kinds of places, which is, which is really fascinating. And so the fundamental question that Shalene and I discuss for this episode is, how can we properly balance the themes of order and chaos in our lives. And this applies to us as parents, us as a married couple, me as a teacher, Shalene as an administrator. There's so many different areas that we can discuss this. And I'm just finding personally, the more I think on these things and the more that I discuss them with others, I'm able to make my life more meaningful, more fulfilling, and more productive. And so I hope that you listening to this conversation can also find that to be the case as well. And if you have thoughts on this episode, I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, the email is in the show notes. Um, I would love to get your thoughts on this discussion and how the themes of order and chaos apply to your life as well. So I'd love to hear your feedback. Before we get into the episode, I just want to thank everyone who has subscribed to the show for doing so. Your support means a lot. We really appreciate it. If you are not subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so so that you don't miss any upcoming conversations that we have. Also, if you find this episode helpful or interesting and you know someone else that might benefit from listening, go ahead and share it with them. We would really appreciate that. Okay, enough from me. Let's get into the episode. I'm so confused. Are we recording now fully? I mean, it's recording. I don't know if the episode has started yet. Okay. We'll just have to find out. Fair enough. <laughs> I had a friend that visited the botanical gardens, and it looks so gorgeous and happy. You checking out Facebook? I am. We love the botanical gardens. It makes me so happy. Yeah. It'd be so hot there today. Oh, my gosh. I can't. Oh, yeah, oh. that'd be bad. Just like wide open sun reflecting off. The concrete, not entirely concrete, obviously. There's a lot of grass. That would help, but... Ugh. Speaking of which, we got to figure out what we're going to do for our anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Our anniversary is in six weeks. I have no clue. I know it's... Shalene, you forgot our anniversary? No. Oh, no. I haven't done the math on it, sir. <laughs> Don't throw me under the bus like that. I'm kidding. But let's see, today is the... Fifth? Yeah. So, is that six weeks? I haven't looked at a calendar yet. It's about six weeks. Anyway, uh, September 26th is the date. Well, yes. And we will be married two years. Wow. Which is super cool. And we're still trying to figure out what we want to do. Uh, we definitely want to get away for a weekend. Yeah. Um, we need to get some ideas. So, I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is if you're listening to this, oh, it's not too late to let us know what we should do. We are located in Northeast Missouri so anything within a six-hour drive, I would say, is fair game. I'd say, 
Yeah, maybe five or under would be preferable. Anything within a five or under drive <laughs> is fair game. <laughs> Although I love road trips with you, so, you know, we'll make do with whatever. Yeah, so, I don't know, we could, last year we went to Perry, Iowa. Yes, with slash the, Des Moines. Okay, yes, uh, with Hotel Petit or Pate, I don't know. It was Petit. Petit, and they have really fun themed room, culturally themed rooms, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, got to go see our friends Carly and Grant, which was also whoop, whoop. pretty cool. And so, uh, yeah, we're up for doing stuff. I don't know, maybe we go to Kansas City and go to some restaurants that are on our bucket list. We could. That could happen. Yeah, we should find a cool place to stay or like yeah. something, because, I don't know, Kansas City just sounds so vanilla for a trip. Because we've been there so often. I've been to Kansas City so many times. Fair enough. we got to find something different. We'll but find something. But it would be different restaurants. So as long as we do, like, if we do stuff that we've never done in Kansas City before, I'm down for that. Yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. I don't want to just, like, go to the plaza or something. Yeah. Yeah, no. Listen to us. I wonder if that'll transition at some point when we're like, no, I want to go back and do the things that we've always done. Because so far, I'm like, no, man. Our anniversary trip is like, uh, explore new lands, conquer new territory. Huzzah. Yes, a little more excited. Yeah, that's the that's, militant. That's the I vibe was. now. And yeah. then, once we've been married a while, maybe we'll go back around and be like nostalgia season instead of like the new territory. Wow, season. this hotel is terrible now. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I got to tell you about this funny thing that happened today. Okay, uh, I have not even told you in real life. This is this is not in a, real life. This is not a the s- podcast is not real life. And it's not a staged story. I'm literally telling you for the first time. So I oh was boy. at I was at my classroom working. Yeah. Um, just getting it ready for school and everything. And yeah. I decided to post on social media just because I like to post sure, teacher sure, things. Sure. So I basically posted a video of like cool new features in my classroom for the upcoming school year. And I don't necessarily have to play you the video. It's on my Instagram. Go follow me. I want to see it. I don't have Instagram. Well, I'm okay. I know you're trying to tell me a story. You don't have to show. I just it to don't want right to like. People on the podcast have to like listen to us watch Instagram, but well, too bad. People on the podcast, this is your opportunity to also get on Instagram and watch the video. Wow. Okay, here it is. So, okay. new classroom features for the upcoming year: vending machine. Ooh, that is so cool. So I have a vending machine that I was in my classroom, um, and then got taken away, Bolton and now it's back. Sound system. There's a big, huge sound system that I found in my department, and a couch. Yeah, and I have a couch in the back corner now. Oh boy. So that's basically the video is just like showing some in the sequence below. Look yeah. at you with all your teasers. I know. So wow. like just like getting hyped for the school yeah. year. Okay. You're so, so then cool. look at the comments. Oh boy. That's on here. Right here. So read it. Uh, don't say who it is. I don't know who it is. Imagine going to school and your teacher can't spell sequin. So I said sequence pillow. Oh, no. Like you have to put all of the letters in the alphabet in the correct sequence. sequence. I put that instead of sequin, like Q-U-I-N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, ah, crap. You just got bodied. I know. <laughs> wow. And then they followed up and said, uh, they said, the vending machine is cool, though, or is chill, though. So. Oh, my goodness, Daniel. I just, I just got owned on Instagram for the first time, and... I don't know. I feel like I'm a real influencer now. I don't even know if I can call that like hate hate mail. No. But just being like, wow, you're a teacher and you misspelled something. Roasted. And I was like, dang it. So Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. It was rough. So I don't think they were being malevolent. They were just being like, wow, that's pretty lame, sir. I mean. And then, or- I, and then I owned it. And then it was like, but you're cool. And I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe like not even your lame, just like a. <laughs> it's you just can't the even I- spell sequin, and you're a teacher. Right. It doesn't have to be your lame. It can be just like. Yeah, <laughs> it's ironic. Sure. A yeah. teacher that can't spell. So. At least you're not uh, like English teacher or an elementary teacher. Like you're a high school chemistry teacher. If there's anywhere to not spell the word sequin, you like on a shiny dress, yes. it would be in high school chemistry class. Fair enough. Not that you should be excused. I bet you there are English teachers that also have trouble spelling. And you know what? Yeah. It's okay. Just like there are doctors that get sick. Oh, no. And there's mechanics whose cars break down. Is it the same thing? I don't know. Probably not. The doctor getting sick is... That's more like a mechanic fixing your car wrong. Yeah, there you go. And a doctor... (laughs) Being in surgery and going, oops... (laughs) 
Yeah, that's not that's the sound you want to hear. Oh no, that's a little. Okay, anyway, we so, digress. Anyway, from our main that. point I got, of nothing. I right got now. bodied on Instagram. It was great, but yes. Anyway. Also, I don't know where bodied. It's a, I don't know, it's like a football thing where you yeah. like tackle someone, no, you bodied them. But I don't think, did I hear that from you? Because I've been using it a lot lately. I think it's your brother. I said it to him though the other day. Did he say it? He said it on a text group, I think, in the last week. I said it in a text group because mom said something. You're the OG. No, 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 I'm not. That's what I'm saying. So maybe I got it from him originally. I just know that when mom said the thing about dad and Isaac also said it, I was like bodied. Hashtag bodied or whatever. I got, sorry, I'm drinking water. Um, I got it from college, so. Huh. Anyway, I'm never with the times, people. If you need to know anything, it's that Daniel and my brother Isaac are hip. Yeah, Shalene learned I, what a whip is. I am not, which is a car. Yes, ride. your car is your, your whip. Your car. Although Daniel has a bike that's his whip. That was the joke because it's not a car, but it's like my whip. Yeah. Wow, so crazy. Here, listeners, Daniel got a bike. Anyway, saving all the gas. Yeah, I'm going to bike to school now. But Woo. anyway, we are not here to to discuss that at length. Just I don't Although know. We could it. totally do a like a <laughs> just a life update. A slang. No, I meant oh, like a slang. Slang. <laughs> all the oh, it could be like the game show, like how we did like who knows Shaleen best or who knows oh. Daniel best. Who knows the slang? I would lose, but it'd be hilarious because I'd be like, what is happening? That would actually be good because I teach teenagers. Oh, yeah. So I could just get all the jargon and slang you could from have, them. You could have one of your students be a guest host for that one. Honestly, I've had so many, so many of my students being like, okay, Mr. Floyd, when am I going to get on the podcast? Like, you could, when are you letting me on? You could put a raffle or some sort of like... Make it a grading incentive? I don't know how legal that is. Uh, no, it w- I would not tie it to people's grades. Good. Don't do that. Good job. You're a good teacher. But like some sort of something where it's like fair. And you have to earn it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there's a lot of a lot of things that go into figuring this out. Figuring that out specifically. So. Anyway, at some point, that idea is out That's there. That's actually a really good idea for like well, a, a game is like the slang game. I'd be so bad. But like I said, I'd make it entertaining. Promise. I believe it. But anyway, <laughs> Our we, main point here. we are here to discuss real words. Ah. And by real words, I mean we are back with the 12 Rules for Life chaos book or antidote to chaos book. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that's the subtitle, Antidote to Chaos, uh, by none other than himself, Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah. who I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily agree with a thousand percent of everything he says, but sure. I think he has a lot of great things to say. Yeah. Very thought provoking, uh, very useful and helpful things that he talks about. And so I'm enjoying the book. Mm-hmm. We're kind of like sludging through it. Okay. I told Daniel the other yeah. day that it feels like a college textbooks to some degree where you need to be able to read your read your stuff and then come to class for discussion right so this book i would say is written at like an undergraduate level yeah like the it's very like if, doable if i were to put a reading level on this it would be like grade 15 or something yeah it's like very doable but especially for me as a verbal processor i can read it to myself three times and be like got it yes but unless I have a group discussion that like helps me put well, together all the pieces and right. pull out nuances and stuff, right. it it's rough because there's just so much there. Like these chapters are like 30 pages um, of really like really interesting and intellectual and like intriguing things, which intriguing, interesting, synonymous, whatever. But like I ooh, it's rough to just get on the pod and be like, all right, let's discuss this. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying right now. It's a great book, but yeah, I I'm trying to find a sentence that kind of gives us a taste of the reading level. So here's one, here's a, a sentence. The most profound religious symbols rely for their power in large part on this underlying fundamentally bipartisan conceptual subdivision. Yeah. And that one's pretty chill. So that's so that's obviously he's in the middle of talking about something. So there's more context to that. But like just gives you an idea of like the vocab. Every and, sen- that was a know. short sentence. Normally he has like a dash and a sentence within a sentence, yeah. which I appreciate because I also actually tend to write like that. But yeah. What are those called? Subordinate clauses where yes. you have like little inserted thing. He'll do like two or three of those, which all makes sense is what's crazy. It's not superfluous. It's all to a 
genius end. It's just a <laughs> lot to take in at once. Yeah. Which again, super doable. I do have a degree. Cool. I can use my brain, but I am a comm major. I prefer to use my brain and then talk to other humans about it. So here we are. Let's talk about it. All that to say, yes, that we are not here to just do a book review no. or tell the listeners, this is what the book said, because you can go read it yourself. Right. Which we would recommend. Sure. Um, but we want to talk about some of the ideas in this chapter. So we're in chapter two. Um, how it applies to us specifically as yeah. a married couple, um, as parents, um, yeah. as teacher and church administrator, as Christians, just life, young people. Well, yeah, just all those things. Like how, how do these ideas tie into our lives where we are right now? Sure. And even tie in. And then my brain always connects the web to things that may not even necessarily seem related. So just things that like came up as... We were reading the chapter, which yeah. is literally what you just said. But I just, I guess I just want to be very clear that they could seem extremely tangential. Yeah, it's fine. I think we could get into that area. You know what I mean? Sure. Just because it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So for. conversation. So for chapter two, it's basically rule number two. So again, the book is 12 rules for life, mm -hmm. how to live your life well and with meaning mm -hmm. so that your life is not a chaotic mess. And so rule number two is treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. Yes. Treat yourself like you are responsible, like, oh, like someone you are responsible for helping. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't fully want to unpack all of that per se, because mm -hmm. again, that's in the book. But basically he opens up the chapter just talking about how there is a widespread and by widespread, I mean, across people, across cultures and across time, I guess, uh, people tend to not take care of themselves. Right. And he gives very extreme and he's not talking about like. Uh, you didn't brush your teeth, which I'm guilty of. I don't brush my teeth a lot and sure. stuff like that. Like he'll even go. You do once a day. Got to say that. Sure, Continue. sure, sure. I do. Yeah. It's not like I go days without brushing my teeth. Continue. I'm just kind of lazy. But like in the book, he opens up talking about like there are very extreme examples mm -hmm. where people will be organ transplant recipients and they will have medication that they need to take so that their body will accept the new organ and not reject it. And they won't take their medicine. Right. Um, and he kind of uh, unpacks like all that goes into an organ transplant. It's not like you just walk into the hospital and go, hey, I need this. And they're like, cool, want, just give me a second. It's like, no, months of waiting and you may not even get one and you have to find a donor. Then you need the surgery. Then you got to recover from the surgery and you may not even survive the surgery and it may not match. Like there's all these things that go into it. And after all this like saga of like trying to keep you alive. Yeah. People don't take their medicine. And it's not like one crazy person. It's apparently it's common enough that he's writing in this book saying like, no, this is a very common thing. Right. And he's a therapist and he's very educated. So I trust that he knows what he's talking about. And I'm sure he cites that source. I'm sure. In the yeah. Book. I'm sure. Yeah. There's yes. citations in there. There are a million um, citations. But yeah, pretty crazy. Um, and so he kind of takes that problem and then goes like, OK, why is this a thing? Why do people consistently do this? And then ties it into some like big picture philosophical ideas and ideas from the scripture and history and even biology and tying it all together of like, okay, what can basically what can we learn about ourselves as humans yeah. through all of this? Right. And how can we live a more meaningful life knowing what we've learned in our exploration through this chapter? Yeah. It's funny because he has the chapters. So far, we've noticed this pattern in two chapters that there's like three main parts. And it's just so hilarious because by the time you reach the end of one of the parts, you're like, oh, the chapter's done. And you turn the page and you're like, not at all. There's <laughs> because 15 there's more just pages. So much. Yeah. So much. It's dense. It's really good. Yeah. But it's a lot. I don't know if we already said this, but yeah, like 30 page chapters and they're, they're pretty, pretty yep. thick. Anyway. Um, one of the big ideas that he talked about in this chapter that I thought was super fascinating and yeah. I me, think I will, let me hear it. Yeah. I think I will continue thinking about this for a long time. Mm. Um, and it's kind of new to me because I was a science major in college and uh -huh. so I didn't study a lot of literature and stuff, but I texted my friend Carly about this and she's like, Oh yeah, we talk about that all the time. I was like, no, cool. Good for you. But, yeah. <laughs> um, he talks about the dichotomy of order and chaos. Right. And how, the theme uh -huh. of order versus chaos 
is universal, mm-hmm. transcends culture, mm-hmm. transcends religions. Yeah. There are representations of that, di- not just a dichotomy, but these two things that are almost warring with each other and yeah. trying to push each other back. Yeah. Kind of in a metaphorical sense. Yeah. But also in a very real way in how our lives play out. Um, and he has bazillions of examples of where this theme of order and chaos shows itself all the way up to like Disney movies. Well, and the two that I think I'd like to go ahead and mention on here because they stood out most to me are like the yin and yang symbol, which we have all seen in pop culture at some point when we were six or something, you know, or (laughs) Or now. Yeah, sure. I haven't seen it in a long time. Anyway, if you're Taoist. Well, yes. Anyway, sorry. Cool. Yes. And so there's that. So there's the order and chaos that's shown there. And that goes back. Represented by the black and white. Yeah. And in Eastern religion, it goes back for forever. And that there's a little dot of the white in the black. And there's a little dot of the black in the white. And there's all kinds of symbolism there. But then the other one that he mentioned that really stuck with me, too, is that even in the Bible and Genesis, Mm -hmm. like when you begin the story of Genesis, it says like the spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. Mm-hmm. And like in the Hebrew, that deep or whatever is chaos. Yeah. And so he speaks about how even in the Bible, we see God coming and bringing order to chaos. Yeah. But then he goes further later. And I know you're going to get into this of like what order is and what chaos is and that neither of them are necessarily like, bad or good necessarily, but they have like pros and cons to each side. And it's the tension that is really what you're going for. Like the balance between the two. Yeah. Yeah. And so, because yeah, it sounds like when you say the word chaos, I think it has a negative connotation. Yeah. Cause we usually <laughs> don't say that word and mean something good. Correct. Unless we're being a really edgy artist or, you know, I want a chaotic sound like what, you know? But, yeah. However, well, I guess, would you be able, in your Daniel amazingness, to give a, like, one-sentence definition of chaos, as Peterson describes it? Yeah, and I'm going to kind of steal from him. He, it's Good. basically the unfamiliar. Right. Is another way of saying it. Yeah. So, I mean, he gives a million examples, but... So, you didn't even need a sentence. You <laughs> knocked that baby out in a word. Yeah. Two words. Another, another thing he, but, he says, uh, quote, in the book, is that it's un, undiscovered territory. Right. Literally and metaphorically. Sure. So chaos would be, um, and so would be like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. That's chaos. Automatically. It's the unknown. It's the unknown. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's the unknown. It could, it could also be bad things of like, um, my parents suddenly got divorced and now my whole world is turned upside down and I did not see that coming. That's chaos. Yeah. But it's also good in the sense, like one that really stuck with me is that there's uh, possibility like creativity comes out of the unknown. Like that's a positive thing that comes from the unknown. There's like potential, like chaos is potential to be garnered. Right. So yeah, if if we're like humans discovering new territory, yes, the uncharted territory is chaos in the sense that it's unknown and we don't know what's out there, Mm -hmm. but it's also kind of exciting Mm -hmm. because like there could be gold in those hills or (laughs) them layer hills. Yeah. There could be, there could be really juicy berries on this bush. Like there could be something really special here or, or what if we find this beautiful river around the bend or something like sure there's, there's an excitement to it, but, but then there could be a bear. The, yeah. Or there could be thorns that, you know, or the quicksand. Mine, the mine could collapse when you go for the gold. The berries could kill you when you eat them. The river could be a waterfall. You die. Right. So <laughs> um, one thing that I also like um, that he talks about how music represents this. Yes. How music uh, Im- brings this idea of chaos because there's improvisation or there's newness. Yeah. So I'll just use jazz as an example. Mm -hmm. It's like when the trumpet player goes to do his solo, you don't really know exactly what he's going to play. Right. And he may not even know exactly what he's going to play. That's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a fun aspect to it. Yeah. Um, And so that that's another example of where chaos is. We would say it's a good thing or it's, it's a creative thing. There's excitement. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But where I want to go from there is that taking chaos or order to an extreme... Neither is good. ...is always bad. Yeah. So chaos to the extreme would be we're all going to play different instruments in different keys 
in different rhythms, different rhythms. We're going to play different songs and just do whatever we want. That's not beautiful music. That's called, oh, what is that genre in jazz? Avant-garde? I don't oh, know. Oh, no. It's, oh, darn. Noise? <laughs> Pretty much. It's, oh, my jazz perspectives class is too far away. My brain is failing me. Where's Dr. Krebs this is when a you thing. need him? No, literally, this is a thing, though, where sure, they just, yeah. like, it's like noise. I think it's called new jazz. That can't be right. I can't. Modern? We'll have to go look it up. Oh, this is killing me. Sorry. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, Continue. Uh, Chaos to the Extreme is not good. Um, it exists. It's uh, rough to listen to. Yeah, so, and, and even in non-mutual sense. So, like, I don't know, we could do, like, a date, you know? Sure. Like, if... Spontaneity. Spontaneity, okay. But if it was, like, Shalene's going to go on a date, but she doesn't know where, uh-huh. and she doesn't know when, right. and she doesn't know who it's with... Yikes. And she doesn't know if it's going to cost any money. Better be you. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there needs to be some level of order. If you go sure. to complete chaos, then it gets bad. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you could even talk about it politically. Um, there's no order. Anything goes. We don't know what the laws are. We don't know who's in charge. We don't yeah. know what, eh, like, chaos to any extreme is very bad. Yes. And so... But then so is order. You didn't do that side of it. That's Yeah, that's where I'm headed. So okay. thank you for queuing that up. So like, okay, so naturally it's like, okay, too much chaos. We need to bring order. Yeah. So order is a theme where we talk about like the known. Okay. Mm-hmm. So order is um, I'm in a stable relationship. I'm in a stable marriage. Yeah. Um, I know where I live. You do. I've yes. listened to this song before and I know what's going to happen. Right. I've seen this TV show a million times and it brings me comfort because I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. It's uh, my hometown that I've been in and I know, right, it's ordered. It's it, the plot it's of every organized. Hallmark movie ever. <laughs> Very ordered. Yes. And predictable. Yeah. And safe. Yes. And so, so that is comforting when you describe it that way. Mm-hmm. But order also is bad when you take it to the extreme yeah because when you take order to the extreme you get totalitarian government tyranny yeah uniformity no personal expression right no creativity right no spontaneity right it's all just by the prescriptive book and there's no deviation monotony monotony yeah it's a great one yeah i like that word so order is um good in the right amount, but if you take it too far, yeah. it's um, it's also toxic. Well, so you mentioned the music example earlier and how like you can have jazz and it's all crazy and everybody's doing everything, but then you can take the opposite. And you said you've watched a TED Talk that shows this and he goes through this. I haven't seen it yet. We're going to watch it at some point. But the other side is that you can have a very ordered composition mm-hmm. where it's every note. Like how what what is his example in that video? So what we're getting into is that you want balance. Right. So good music has a balance of order and chaos, the known and the unknown. Sure. Um, repetition and innovation. Yeah. And where, how much order and how much chaos can differ depending on the artist, but you want some of both. You don't want all of just one of them. Right. So order Complete order in music would be I play the same thing over and over again and there's no variation. Yeah. I don't change my rhythm. I don't change the notes. I don't change the volume. Yeah. I just play the same thing over and over again. Super boring, right? Oh, oh, I have a great example of this, actually. Oh, yeah? So a couple of weeks ago, I turned on our little like sound machine that we have in our bedroom right now. Okay. And uh, it plays Edelweiss as one of the little songs Cute. you can like fall asleep to. Okay, so I was like, oh, I love this. My mom sings this to me like since I was a baby as a lullaby. This is great. Our sound machine has this. Yeah. Okay, fast forward to it looping through for the fifth time and me going, I'm not asleep yet. This is annoying because it was the exact same thing over. And unlike a thunderstorm where like the raindrops are varied and sound a little different so they can loop for hours and you're fine. Okay, fine. The same song six times in a row. Kind of drives you up a wall. It was not good. I was not asleep. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say that. Right. I had to change the sound. Right. And so you mentioned a TED Talk where a guy was discussing this. Yeah. And he actually played an example of, quote unquote, music where there was no repetition of anything whatsoever. Right. Besides, it was all on the same instrument, which is the piano. Okay. Sure. So even that was consistent. Well, that's for ease of 
playing Ted it. Ted talk. But he, <laughs> so he plays a quote unquote song where every note is different. He does not repeat the same note. Yikes. The rhythm of each note is different. The spacing between them is always different. Yeah. And the idea of that sounds kind of fun. It's like, oh, it's, it's probably going to sound like bad or just like not great music or funny. Actually, that's what I like going into it. He's like, okay, ready? The most like the most chaotic song, the most variation and no repetition. You ready? And I think it's going to sound funny. Sure. It's worse than funny. <laughs> because if you have someone like get on a piano or even a kid like goof sure. around, even they will repeat something. Right. Because that's in our brains. He had to go out of his way to make it actually yeah. completely chaotic. And it sounded really annoying because it was just like, bink, bink, boom, beep, boop, bump, and it was just like okay wow this is not even funny this is just really annoying so just going to show that complete chaos in a musical sense is also terrible and you need the balance of both which again so coming back to that theme it's not just order and chaos that shows up in throughout our lives and in religious expression and literature and things like that Yeah, yeah it's the combining them in a balanced way through consciousness yes that is also the third aspect of that theme where it's not just chaos and order but it's the 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 oh, what am i trying to say the boundary in between them yeah and so if you like think about the yin and yang sign there's that boundary in the middle it's like an s shape the line yeah. the line and and it, and that is described as the way is we're supposed to live our lives between both Right. And so you can say like great music has both. Yeah. The way we live our lives from day to day should have both. I have yeah. routines. I have some consistency, but I also don't do the exact same thing every single day all the time. Yeah. Because that would be kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, so we got to find that healthy balance. Another example that I thought was great when you reached out to Carly to ask her if she'd heard about it. She was like, oh, yeah, it's in children's literature all the time. Like a big one that I thought was helpful was like it's often depicted as the angel and the devil on your shoulders, but your head is between the shoulders. So your angel is order, your devil's chaos, and then your head is consciousness. So even in that dumbed down way, it's depicted. And I was like, whoa, mind blown. And then I was just thinking of Kronk with his little shoulder angels and shoulder devil. Emperor's new groove. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's good. And so one thing that Peterson talks about in the chapter is that you could almost say that consciousness is defined as the ability to mediate between order and chaos. Yeah. Um, Another great example I'm thinking of that I just thought of a few minutes ago is the Lego movie. Yeah. That's basically the whole story. I have not seen that as many times as you Floyd's. If you, (laughs) okay. If you think about it. Even though I'm a Floyd now, sorry. Continue. Also, side note, Lego Movie is the greatest kids movie. But you like Lego Batman. No, Lego Movie is the greatest one of all time. Really? Yeah. I feel like one of your siblings or multiple of them would argue with you and say Lego Batman. Continue. Lego Movie, what? One of the reasons is because it touches on this universal fundamental theme of order and chaos. Oh. What's the bad guy's name? I have Lord Business. Thank you. No, there's something called chaos in it. Is it? Is that the name of his company? Now I'm thinking of Get Smart. Uh, Uh, That is chaos. That's called chaos. Okay, Lord Business. Anyway, back to Lego Movie. Sorry, I'm getting off track. It ends up being the dad, not wanting the child to take away. Yeah, with Will Ferrell as the dad, he is the embodiment of... Order. Toxic order. Right. I make the Lego sets as they are. Everything is organized. They're super glued. They're super glued. You can't change it. So there's not even the possibility of chaos or creativity. Right. And so by being hyper ordered, he kills creativity and self-expression. Yeah. And so that's like the whole lesson. Everything is awesome. There you go. Exactly. Gotta bring it back. And so the point there is that you need some chaos in order to have creativity and self-expression. And that's, I mean, that's basically the whole moral of the film in like, I don't know, it's almost two hours long. It's a long movie um, of being like, hey, you can't have just order. You need chaos as well. So even in like yeah. Lego movie, that theme is being played out, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I feel like this also ties into our, I'll just call it mandate as humans. 
Okay. And so one thing that Peterson talks about in the book is how this theme shows up in the book of Genesis, which Indeed. you also you already told us about a little bit where yeah. God creates order from the potential of, you know, the spirit hovering over the waters, the chaos, the potential. We don't know what's there. We don't know what's happening. And then he brings order and speaks the world and the universe and mankind into existence. And one of the takeaways from the Genesis story or stories, if you consider Genesis 1 and the ones after that, two separate creation accounts, um, we as humans who are made in the image of God are supposed to do likewise. We as conscious beings mediate between order and chaos mm-hmm. um, in our everyday lives. Yeah. And so, I don't know, I kind of want to talk about how that would show up in parenting or in marriage. Um, but first, I want to ask you, Shaleen, what does that look like as a church administrator? Like, <laughs> if, if you were to be like, how does your life embody the... That's a really the balance of order and chaos. Good question, and it's actually hilarious because I was just talking with Sherry Smoyer about that this afternoon. Oh yeah, and didn't really necessarily notice that was happening, but we <laughs> did use the word chaos a lot. Um, so it is interesting because as an administrator, part of my gifting is that I'm organized yeah. and I'm ordered, and there's like order is something I'm good at. Um, which is good because there's a lot of chaos when you're working with a lot of people and a lot of moving parts and like um, just kind of working to rebuild procedures and instill order. However, I have to be so careful and it's so cool how God has made me like ordered, but at the same time, he's really reminded me and brought back around this like prophetic creative side. Hmm. Um, of who he's created me to be. And so I see that then like, I can't be so ordered and just do all of the things that I squelch all of the chaos. If we're saying in the sense of like potential, because well, and even in, in the negative connotation of chaos, like if you completely squelch everything, it becomes a totalitarian government in a church, which is really not good. And so you need some level of flexibility and unknown Especially if, like, we are in a charismatic church. So especially if we're wanting to be led by the spirit, like, that's a whole unknown. You can't know all of that. What he's going to say. Yeah. And so you, there's that line you have to walk. um, And just being willing to see the beauty that comes out in creativity um, and that comes out in the prophetic and that comes out ultimately of the spirit of God, like, showing the way forward using the gifts that are there. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, just that's a really difficult balance sometimes because I can go, it's easier for me to go totalitarian order person. Like, no, we need to do all the things and get all the things done. But you have to have the balance. Otherwise, none of it is good. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I answered your question. If you're asking more for more specifics. No, I'm just curious. It's just interesting how this shows up in our lives in different ways. Yeah. Um, if I were to think of myself in the teaching sector, yeah. Um, like <laughs> if I just came into the room and was like, I don't have a plan for today. You guys can do whatever. Like that is just asking for like full chaos to completely ensue. You would be so exhausted. I just can't even imagine. Well, and you'd get nothing done. Exhausted, assuming I'm trying to deal Bring with it. order. But if I just sat and watched. Uh, it would be kind of crazy. We would get nothing done. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Um, depending on who's in the room. It'd be like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? This is getting very dark in your mind very fast. No, well, because I'm imagining myself as a high school student. And if my teacher had come in and just let it devolve into whatever chaos was going to happen, I would take over and start my own government. <laughs> because or you're like, the orderly one. Exactly. I'd be like, this is ridiculous. That's you funny. out. You do your work. Like, maybe not that strong, but. You'd want to. I'd want to. Yeah. I would definitely curl up in my own little ball and be like, well, I'm learning chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. I don't know. Um, and actually, it's funny because one of the things I've learned over my time of teaching, and Mm -hmm. this was really like the big takeaway from my first year of teaching is realizing Mm -hmm. that 
if I am a pushover or I don't set order in a very proactive sort of way, yeah. not only do we not get anything done, it actually gets dangerous. Yeah. And how do you mean that? Okay. So I mean that in multiple ways. Okay. Um, it is potential for it to be physically dangerous. Okay. Um, I have been in situations where kids are literally screaming at each other mm-hmm. and like there's that I've had people square off and like they're going to fight. And if I didn't step in, um, there would have been a fight, um, yeah. things like that. And so, you know, and I've taught at different schools, so I'm not telling you which school I'm talking about. Um, but I've just seen how without order being imposed on those who cannot order themselves completely. Sure. It's not just like, Oh, you didn't get anything done today. It's like, no, there's danger, like physical danger. And if not physical danger, Um, you know, there can be emotional danger of just people picking on each other and being mean or inappropriate conversations start happening or, um, TikToks and things start being played. And, you know, some, you know, I've had kids like, we'll turn on a horror film that's just like really gross and disturbing. And now that's playing in the room. And, you know, and then like, I've, you know, I have students that like share, uh, inappropriate pictures with each other and stuff. And it's like, if it's not just physical danger, but there's just like this grossness that also can ensue. Sure. And I hate to portray my students in such a bad light and not all of them are like that. I'm just saying that that is a possibility. Yeah. And I've seen it happen. Well, and then, so do you think that the getting nothing done would be synonymous with the danger of failing your students academically? Sure. I mean, that would also happen if I was that kind of teacher. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That just falls into like the specific danger category. And yeah. my brain is like you're in danger of a child like being really bummed by your class. Like the kids who want to be there and want to learn. Like there's now a danger of that's never going to happen and you're harming them. Yeah. I'm glad you actually said that because the other big takeaway from my first year of teaching, I'm, I'm entering my fourth year now, so I'm figuring this out. But my first year teaching is I realized that the kids that goof off mm-hmm. and, and, and again, it's not all of them, but there's a few of them that just really don't want to be there and sure. just maybe for their own entertainment, will try to sidetrack, uh, derail the lesson sure. just for funsies. I, I watched in a couple of instances cause I wasn't a great teacher my first year. Um, or I'm not as good as I am now. Um, I watched them come to dislike the class that they were trying to undermine. And it re- and I, and meaning I, like they made it so bad that they themselves didn't like it. Yeah. 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 And I, and it, it was, it's unfortunate that I had to like see that happen before it clicked, but I don't know. We live, live and learn. Yeah. We live and learn. And With I realized Daniel like, Floyd. Oh, I realized like, oh, if I even let you do what you want to do, quote unquote, yeah. you then don't even like the results of it. I watched the kids who were like the ones that I had to really pay attention to start to not like being in there because it got so crazy. And I was such a young teacher, wasn't great at managing it that like, oh, now they don't even like it. Yeah. And so that just added yet another reason on top of all the other reasons I was trying to manage the class of like yet another reason to impose some level of order Mm -hmm. now obviously i'm not trying to push it all the way to tyranny sure where i go everyone sit down nobody talks you all have to say what i tell you to say you know you can only like i'm not trying to eliminate self-expression i'm not trying to eliminate creativity no i don't want to go to that level well and i think that's why you're such a great teacher because like you're learning how to have order in ways that are good and helpful but then you're also just in my opinion, I don't know, I guess I've never really been your student, but from what (laughs) I hear, like you also allow way more flexibility and creativity than I would. Hmm. And that then makes it a more fun environment, makes it more of a learning environment because you're allowed to explore and just like talk about this random thing that maybe doesn't apply to chemistry, but Hey, it applies to life. And I'm here for that too. You know, Mm -hmm. like I appreciate that that's your approach. Yeah. And I guess, I guess what, what I'm kind of illustrating here is that I am very tolerant of chaos. Yeah, just you are. individually, as an you individual. Yes. Whereas you oh, look uh, at us. are less tolerant of chaos. Yeah, look at us helping each other wow. out. So I had to learn how to put my foot down right. and be like, no, we don't do that early. Right. Because my original approach was like, wait till it gets bad and then 
do something about in. it. Yeah. And it was like, that's too late. Yeah. It's like well, when you see the first sign of, okay, this kid's going to push the boundaries and I now know what that looks like from the get go. Yeah. I have to stamp that out quickly. Yeah. Or not quick. Well, quickly, but immediately. Yeah. Before it escalates. Yeah. And well, so. And that's yeah. cool because. Yeah, as you've learned that, I'm having to learn how to create space for creativity. In your administration. Yeah, and mm. not, and how to not um, micromanage mm -hmm. and how to create space. Yeah, yep. Yeah, one thing that I've heard for you... For chaos. <laughs> kind of, but yeah. it's controlled chaos almost. Well, yeah, or in safe, the balance. Safe chaos. Good, if, beautiful chaos. Right. Create. So we wouldn't even use the word chaos. Creativity. We would say creativity. Sure. Yeah. Messiness. Uh, sure. There you go. Honestly, growth mindset of just like you haven't got it yet. Like mm -hmm. the messiness of learning. Yeah. You totally cut that out if if you can't handle. If you micromanage. Yeah. And don't let people learn. Sure. Yeah. Or yourself. Yeah. So I guess going back to you and we'll come back to teaching. But like what I've heard because you're a recent hire Yeet. for our church of being one of the main administrators. And by recent, I mean a year. Yeah, it's been over a year now. A little yeah. over a year, but not like a month. Over not a that year. long. Yeah. Compared to the decades that some people have been there. Sure. Um, but one thing that I'm, again, noticing shifting from talking to you about it is that you are trying to work on pulling other people in. Yes. So that instead of you being the one person that does everything, mm -hmm. you are the person that oversees others so that they can carry the load, mm -hmm. but also do it in a way that's actually helpful instead of just everyone doing what they think should be done in the way that they think it should be done. And all of that requires the balance. Exactly. Because I can't micromanage them. Like, it's really good. Actually, I just saw a quote from General Patton, I think it was, that was like, tell people what to do, not how to do it, hmm. and see how they, like, see the beauty that they will come up with. Hmm. Or just see, and, I mean, you can get into the nuance of those words, but I thought that was really good, of like, you need the order of telling them what to do and what your expectations are, but then you can allow the, quote, chaos for creativity to come in. Flexibility. Flexibility, for the how they're going to go about doing it because right. then they can use their gifts, their strengths, their personality, their whatever. Mm -hmm. And that also empowers them. You're not micromanaging them. You're allowing them to just do it and own it. And, and if they mess up, okay, cool. We come back alongside and we go, okay, well let's shore these things up. And, and there's learning and there's beauty and there, I don't know. So that was just cool and helpful and just very so, like very well summarized something that I've been trying to just figure out and get a grasp of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a balance too. And I think this also ties into parenting. There's a balance too, where it's like you want to give the people that you are taking care of. So whether you're administrating someone or, or parenting you have someone students in your or, class, or even my students, you want to give them room to learn through fail failure or there's there's a phrase called fail forward yeah but you also don't, I don't like that phrase yeah yeah I just because i don't have a life growth mindset very well i'm working on it continue yet. you don't yet yet that's what i said <laughs> didn't i uh well i probably didn't lol <laughs> i don't have a growth mindset yet. exactly yet. Uh, what i'm saying is like okay. again there's a balance with it so it's not like we say it's not like you bring someone in and go, hey, I need you to paint the church, but do it however you want in whatever color you want. Yeah, no. Um, there's there's a little more order to it than that. Yeah. But so what I'm trying to get at is there's a one of the things we have to balance is giving them room to fail and learn through experience, but in such a way that if and when, are still met. well, that, but oh. also if and when they fail, it's not a complete catastrophe right. where everything falls apart. Good. Yes. So, for example, like in a science class, yeah. when we do a lab, I want to give my students the opportunity to try something or to explore and to experiment. Haha, <laughs> welcome to science where we have to like go into the unknown and figure it out. Yeah. So I want to give them that freedom and that excitement. But I also don't give them fully concentrated sulfuric acid yeah, good. when they have zero lab experience. Good. So there's a there's a safety aspect of 
that kind of ties into this of like, okay, I want to give you room to grow and room to make mistakes that are healthy, but I don't do it in such a way where you're going to hurt yourself. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking of like Dave Ramsey. Okay. He's a financial advisor. He has a show. Yeah. Yeah. Look him up. Anyway, people. (laughs) people call into his show and I don't know if it's the parent or the kid but people will call in and basi- basically if it's the kid or the parent will be, I think it's the kid sometimes calls in and goes, hey, um, I'm 16 and I was doing this thing and I broke it and now it's $20,000 and my dad says I have to pay for it. Whoa. Like that has been calls that he's received on his radio show. And Ramsey will be like, oh my, what the heck? He's like, that is negligent parenting or that is bad parenting. That's a lot of money. Exactly. He's like, he's like, I'm not saying you should never let your kids make mistakes and learn. But he says it shouldn't have that many zeros behind it, though. <laughs> right. So like yeah. if your kid, I don't know, is like mowing lawns or something sure. and they break something and they have to like work and pay $200 to fix something. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Like that yeah. is commensurate with their maturity and what they're capable of. But you don't like give a kid your small business and put his put your small business in his name. And then when the business go on goes under, the kid is out like tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, so that's totally bringing up a side so, thing. Yeah. When I worked at the bank, I'm sorry, <laughs> this is a side thing. When I worked at the bank, it was so sad because we had cases of identity theft where literally we would find out kids would come in to like try to get a loan mm-hmm. and it turns out that their parents got loans using their social security number. The kids. Yeah. Like years ago wrecked their credit. Like their own parents are stealing their identities and wrecking their credit, putting them in the hole, like where they have to like almost go bankrupt or it's like, I was like, what? So, Oh, I didn't realize you experienced that firsthand yes. at the bank. No, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. I don't remember the exact story, but I remember a call coming in about the business situation with where Ramsey. They put the yeah, business where in the, the kid calls name. in, he's like 21. Yeah. He goes, "I just realized my dad put my name on all of the stuff at when I was a teenager. Yep, and now I am financially sunk. responsible for this sunk business. Yeah, crazy. It's, huh? <sighs> it's a lot. So that anyway, would be a bad example. Yeah. yeah. So so as a leader, a parent, a teacher, an administrator, it's like you want to give people room to grow, but you don't do it in such a way where like they totally harm themselves sure. in a in a long term way. But but you still want that. And actually what? This, you want room to grow. Yes. And actually there's a phrase in here that I really like what Peterson says. I don't know if I'm I probably just, I mean, I just know what it says. He talks about parenting where as parents, Mm -hmm. it can be tempting for some parents to be hyper ordered in the name of safety. Yeah. You don't, we don't ride our bike anywhere but the driveway. Mm -hmm. You have to be wearing bubble wrap every time you go outside because you never know if something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, You know, you can't go to the park with your friend, even though you're 14 and you want to go to the bar. No, we don't do that because it's unsafe and you never, you could get hit by a car, you know, and you're not going to drive until you're 21. You know, I'm giving kind of. Those are extremely hyperbolic, hopefully. Hopefully hyperbolic examples. But, you know, uh, I'm not even going to let you play peewee sports because you could get hurt, you know, something like that. Um, You know, you can't stay after school for a, a science club. Because I need you home right after school, you know, and I don't want you being after school, even if it's academic and stuff. Like, yeah. we can be hyper-ordered in the name of safety. Yeah. But what Peterson talks about is he goes, what you take away from your kids is the ability to learn competence. Mm. And how it would be nice if we could just totally shield our kids from everything bad in the world, you sure. know. They're never exposed to drugs. They're never exposed to pornography. They're never exposed to alcohol. Alcohol. Is the other thing he mentioned. You know, yeah. yeah, things like that. Like, it just doesn't exist. But it's like, okay, but what are you going to do? You're going to lock your kids in the basement yeah. and make them wear bubble wrap and they never get to go outside but and do anything? Then what I loved is he says, even in that, you become dangerous to them. Yeah. By yeah. doing so. Yeah. Like that I thought was interesting too. Yeah. That there's always a danger. Mm-hmm. It's just whether it's the outside world or you. Yeah. But then he goes on to say, do you want your kids to be safe or strong? Right. Was yeah. like the cap of that. Exactly. And that's the phrase that that I was getting to of like, do you, or another way of saying it is, do you want them to be safe or I think he says competent, competent or strong. 
No, he definitely says safe or strong because okay. it's alliteration. Okay. And I was like, ooh, look at him. Yeah. But the, I just think that's a very interesting aspect where order and chaos ties into parenting. Mm-hmm. Where you you got to let your kids try new things. Yeah. you got to let them explore. Which, you got to let them learn to stand on their own two feet, so to speak. Yeah, which is why I think there's something like men and women are different and moms and dads are different. Like stereotypically. I'm just, stereotypically. Like I'm just thinking of how like moms are more nurturing and more like, be careful, Protective. like wear your seatbelt. And dad's like, hey, if I throw you up in the air, you think you can catch that tree branch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Something like that. And there's a balance. And I think that's really good. Yeah. I don't know. Because even just thinking back of situations I've seen you in with children, I just like, I'm like, I got to shut my eyes. I got to shut my eyes. You act like I'm so dangerous with kids. It's just way more dangerous than I'm comfortable with. And it's not that dangerous. It's just like. (laughs) I'm thinking back to like a week or two ago when I had our friend's baby who is like five months old. She's eight months old. Eight months old. Sorry. She's like almost walking, but not quite. She's like standing. And so like I had her on the couch and I was like bouncing her and then like kind of shaking her and like I was letting her crawl on the couch. Yeah. And almost fall off the side. And I was there and I was totally ready to catch her. He was so ready. But I wasn't necessarily signaling to the rest of the adults that I'm like, I'm right there ready to catch you. And I'm like, I'm not like down crouching, just ready to get her. I'm just like, I'm next to her. And if she falls, I'll catch her. But I'm going to let her go to the edge of the couch and just see what happens. And it, and it, and again, I'm not doing it where she's going to hurt herself. Right. Totally safe. But I am letting her go to the edge. I just appreciated how chill our friends are <laughs> and that we're so close with them. Because that's another thing. It's one thing to do that with your own kid. Okay, fine. You break it, you buy it. You already did, actually. You, you already it. bought it. You buy um, it, you break it. Yeah. That's funny. But, but with someone else's child, there's an extra level of like, Daniel, don't hurt their child. Yes. But, but we have friends where I like, I loved seeing their response of like, they were like, Oh yeah, he does that all the time. Like, and that's how the dad plays with her the yeah. same way. And I was like, okay. And then like her mom was just looking and just like kind of chuckling and also shielding her eyes occasionally. Cause sorry, we were, no, she handled it really well. I think it was fine. Yeah. It was totally good. But yes. Yeah. So I think, <sighs> I think the difference we're talking about here is like, if you have like a spectrum and total chaos and total order or, or for parenting, completely protective and completely, I don't know, free reign parenting. Free range. There's a green zone in the middle that is not a line in the exact middle. There's yeah, like no. a green zone where you could like lean toward protective. You could lean toward letting your kids try new things. I, I'm probably on like leaning toward the letting your kids try new things, but I'm going to argue that I'm still in the green zone. Whereas Shalene is leaning, <laughs> Shalene is leaning toward the protective end, but also in the green zone. And so oh, thank you. it's not like we're on complete opposite ends of the spectrum, yeah, no, no. but we're on opposite ends of the green zone. Yeah. And so we're like, Shalene's like, Hey, you need to get over here. And I'm like, you're boring. You need to get over here. Which is good. And as, as long as we can both, objectively step back and go okay are we in the green zone yeah as opposed to are we identical parents right actually i feel like that just opened up a whole other thing of like we're not supposed to be identical parents no and we're not supposed to do everything exactly the same no it's like a duet yes we sing different parts yes but we are supposed to be in tune right and singing the same song singing the same song helps AKA we need to be on the same page as parents Yeah, and we both need to be in the green zone of like what is safe and healthy for our kids. Yeah. You're on the same team, but within that, that doesn't mean we do the same thing. So I can be a little more edgy, but safe with the kids, but a little more edgy and you can be more protective and maybe the voice of reason of like, okay, you already scraped your knee five times today. Maybe stop doing that, please. Like just the voice instead of dad being like, Oh, try it again. You know, (laughs) Like maybe I'm seeing my future and it's making me breathe harder. You're going to do great things for our kids. Thank you. Ditto. There are going to be times where like you will need to be like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. And I'm going to appeal to dad and be like, dad, please don't. And I, I'm, I'm sure there are going to be times when I'm going to have to be like, oh yeah, you know what, Shaleen, you're right. I'm going to dial it back a little bit. But then, and I need to be willing to hear that. You will be good because you'll be like, oh, come on, let's try it. This will be a once in a lifetime memory, even if we end up at the ER. And I'll be like, all right. We say that jokingly. We're not 
going to abuse our kids and go well, to the Well, not hospital. abuse, but... <laughs> Neglect. Oh, yeah, sure, no. But anyway, so... I don't know. I feel like... So, what we just discussed is a third of the chapter, basically. Yeah, people, <laughs> these chapters are ridiculous. But I say, good, we capped it. Is there anything that we feel like cannot cannot be left out because I'd be okay with just covering a third and being like, wow, cool. No, I, chapter mean, two, check. I thought this was a great chapter. Um, you might be wondering like, wait, what was the rule again? Like the rule of the chapter is take care of yourself as if you are someone that you're responsible for taking care of. There's so much we did not touch. I'm not necessarily going to tell you how that ties into what we just discussed, but <laughs> the, literally people, if you're like scratching your head, like what, how does that go? Exactly. Welcome to our world. Read the chapter. It's a ride, man. The it is a ride. It makes sense. You just have to read the rest of it. So um, the other thing I feel like we could discuss for an hour, but we won't right now is this idea <laughs> of like, if you, so he talks about chaos and order yeah. and mediating between that. And yeah. then he then segues into good and evil Right. And how it's not, okay, so we're not supposed to mediate between good and evil. We're supposed to, like, no. create goodness and make the world a good place. Right. But what's interesting in that is how you cannot completely eradicate evil mm. without looking inward. Right. And so I'm just going to throw this out there and then we'll kind of shut down the episode. But, like, it's interesting how, like, what you already said, the Shaleen, of, like, if you're trying to protect your kids and take away all, like, all danger, all possibility of bad... You become the bad. You become the bad because now you're arguably an abusive parent. And that's like a picture of how evil and bad things are not just outside of us. Mm. It's inside of us as well. And there's we have to work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and he quotes uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Um, who basically says, like, the line between good and evil runs, runs through the heart of every person. Yes. And so it's like, oh. So poetic. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's really just, good. It's crazy how, like, oh. Your face right now. To, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Continue. It's like, oh, we're supposed to mediate between chaos and order, and we're supposed to, like, make the world a better place. But I'm not going to get into this, but Peterson also just, like, takes... 10 to 15 pages of being like, yeah, and the evil is partially in you and we have to work on ourselves. Right. And be and we have to become good and balanced. Yeah. Before we can go and fix the world. Right. Which which is arguably where we're supposed to get to. Different, there's a whole different thing because I think that's maybe a main area ish where I where I might differ most from Peterson, where I'm like, yeah, that's where the Bible and like my relationship with Jesus comes in because I cannot fix and make myself better. But mm -hmm. I think instead I'm curious. of that's something I would want to ask Peterson if I could talk to him in person of like, okay, so we know that people are inherently imperfect and we mm -hmm. have the capacity for evil and all of us have probably acted out evil at some level. We've done things wrong. Yeah, I would want to ask him, okay, we know, like, you have these 12 rules for life, and you have another book, which is 12 more rules for life of how we do it. I would argue that we are incapable of fixing ourselves, even if we know how to do it. Right. And I'm curious, and that's kind of the whole premise of Christianity, is, like, we're saved by grace. Right. Not of works. Not of works, because we can't do it. Like, right. we can't completely fix it. We can improve ourselves in small ways, but I think fundamentally, like, we've we got can't some... do it, yeah. We've got some deep flaws that take a higher power yeah. aka jesus um to to help us so anyway i'm curious i'm curious what peterson would say about that but he's at least recognizing that humans are flawed and fallen well he's he's super pro spirituality though right well, so i feel like his response well like he's not pro christianity like specifically he's pro spirituality like i feel like i've heard him talk about how like, yeah, there is an extra component. And I feel like he might pull on that to answer your question of like, no, we're not supposed to do this on our own. That's why there's like things beyond us. There is stuff beyond us. And we, cause yeah. I think he believes, he, he yeah, ascribes he, to that. He's not a materialist. Right. I don't know if that's what you're trying to say, but mm, I would yeah. be, I would be curious what exactly he would appeal to. But sure. Well, besides self-will. Cool. But, we uh, could keep talking, but we should probably not. Yeah, this whole this concept of order and chaos and the mediation between the two is very interesting. And yeah. how we as humans are called or 
designed or supposed to get a hold of both ends of those spectrum and bring it in the middle where we have a proper balance of both. Mm -hmm. And I think that mandate or that, um, I don't know, mission, if I could call it that, Mm -hmm. applies in every area of our life. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how you need both. And if you have too much of one, then you're in a bad place. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So cool beans. Well, indeed. Thanks for discussing that with me. Um, well, and I, I know we're wrapping up, but this is something that I've really been praying about lately because in this last month, I've just noticed one, like a desire for more creativity in my own life and like wanting to unlock that and unleash that. But then two, I've been praying more intently about like, Lord, I see all the ways that I'm so controlling Hmm. and micromanaging and in, in a light that I've never seen before. Like I look and I just shake my head and I'm like, I don't want to be like this. Like I don't like, this is how I naturally am without your help, Lord. And Hmm. I can't, I can't do it this way because this is not how I'm going to love people like you do. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, there's just a personal application to throw in at the end that I've just really been praying about, like being able to find the balance better, like walking in the spirit, um, to be able to let things go more and trust the Lord more. And that helps find the balance, if you will, is just like realizing ultimately God is in control and he helps us also create everything. Like he is a creative God. He is an ordered God. Like he is all of it. And he does it all perfectly yeah um so i want to be more like him anyway that's my closing thought it's good stuff thank you for sharing yeah tune in next time for probably not chapter three but we will i want to i want to finish this book i want to get all these chapters yeah i enjoy this the not having the pressure to discuss all of the chapter in one hour is fabulous we're figuring it out cool thanks for listening everyone Toodles. Bye. Say yeah. Yeah. Yeah.